taking the dough down from inside the oven. Perhaps the person will come too big. If someone does stick dough to the side of the oven, as was the customary in those days in the, in the cooking baking methods, before Shabbos starts, the Kaddish of Yemen and Shabbos started before he actually took it out of the oven. He was planning on taking it out before, but he didn't. He's allowed to take out enough bread for the three meals of Shabbos. But we can also tell the people, Come save for yourself. Come take bread for yourself. For their three meals. Even though taking down the bread is not a malacha. Nevertheless, he should still do it with a shina. Because when he takes down the bread, this literally saves the bread from being burned. You should not use a special tool for that. You should use a knife to do with the shina. Why the chacham forbid going to a bathhouse of Shabbos? Because of the um, attendants. Uh, they would heat the water up on Shabbos, which is forbidden because of cooking. And they would say, Arab Shabbos, that we heat it up before Shabbos. They would lie. Therefore, the should not go into the bathhouse of Shabbos, even if it's just a sweat because of the hot steam in that, that that's caused by the hot water. They also instituted the person should not bathe his whole body in hot water, even if it's not in the bathhouse, if it's in his own house. No, he should not rinse his whole body in water. Even if the hot water was heated before Shabbos, but just his face, feet, and hands, that's permitted. What does this apply? Or if things are heated by the fire. Because if you wash your body in water heated by the fire, you may come to go into the bathhouse. If the hot Tiberius springs are natural hot springs, and the like, that you may rinse your entire body in. You're not allowed to bathe in hot, natural, hot uh, springs that are in, in caves. Since the cave is filled with hot air, because the hot steam, the hot water, the hot uh, hot steam and hot air that's heated by the hot water in these natural springs is concentrated inside the cave. That's not where to escape. So the air inside there is very hot. The other day is the person going to come to sweat. So it resembles a bathhouse. <clears throat> Therefore, you shouldn't go into a cave to bathe. Gimel. Or it resembles a bathhouse where a person would uh, would sweat and, and, and use as a sauna. A person is allowed to warm himself in a fire, and then afterwards rinse his whole body in cold water. But you're not allowed to rinse your body in cold water, and then afterwards go to warm yourself by the fire. Because you warm the water on yourself. It's similar to, bathe, to rinsing your body in hot water. If someone causes a pipe to pass through hot water, he has a contraption where the pipe of cold water passes through hot water, thereby the water in the cold pipe gets heated. Even if it's being heated in through, by running through a natural spring, it's like water that was heated on Shabbos. They have forbidden to wash it or drink it on Shabbos. Even though a hot spring is a place where even if you cook the water, you boil the water by putting it there in a, in a, in a, in a jug, it's not, it's not, it's deraisa. In fact, it's not even derabonon. But nevertheless, this concept resembles uh, hot, uh, resembles heating water in a, in a bath-like manner, therefore it's forbidden. Dalit. A person is allowed to bring a, a cask of water, put it in front of a fire, not to heat it up, obviously, that's forbidden on Shabbos, but just to give it, to remove its chill. A person is also allowed to put a flask of oil in front of a fire 
so it should become lukewarm. Leish yicham, but not that it gets actually heated. The sachah adam yadim b'mayim. Even though you're not allowed to uh, rinse your body in water and stand in front of a fire, you could dip your hand in water, in oil, and then warm it in front of the fire. Who provides? Provided the water in your hand does not get hot to the point that a, ba- a belly of a baby would get burned by it. That's a problem. A person is allowed to warm a cloth and put it on top of your stomach on Shabbos. Hey, a bath, it's in a bathhouse, which is full of hot water. You're not allowed to put cold water in it. Because since the bath is heated very hot, the water gets very hot and therefore it cooks. So, um, the, 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 the implication of this Ramam is very is uh, is great, but the point is is basically that um, using understanding Ramam simply, if a pot of hot water is heated on the fire, normally back then they wouldn't let it boil to the point of uh, of actual reaching two twelve bubbling. It was no point. They didn't know about uh, killing microbes. They heated the water until it got hot enough to drink uh, to, to enjoy your, enjoy enjoy a hot drink. But water that was heated for for a bath was actually boiled to the, 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 the fullest potential. Uh, for the purposes of, of cleansing and and and, and uh, soaking in the, in the hot mixer, so to speak, in the hot water. Um, so therefore, if you pour cold water into a regular pot that's taken off the fire, it not, not necessarily will the water get uh, will the water get cooked. It'll actually dilute the, the hot water, and so it won't be as hot. But in case of a bath, because it's so hot and so much of it, you can't put cold water in because it it'll cook the cold water. It's ham ham because the water is very hot in the bath. And uh, there's also a lot of it. You shouldn't put a flask of oil into the hot water. In the bath, it cooks it. However, you can put hot water in a cold bath. That's not going to end up cooking in the cold bath. There's more cold water than hot water. A hot water pot, that you uh, a metal pot, that you cleared the hot water out of it. So you boiled hot water, you poured the hot water out. You're allowed to put cold water into it, which should become lukewarm, because the hot uh, water pot is still uh, hot, obviously. And when you pour the cold water into it, it'll absorb some of the heat. It'll turn the cold water will cool down the pot, and the water will become lukewarm. That's allowed. You're allowed to pour hot water into cold water. Or vice versa, cold water into hot water. Who provided the hot water into which you pour in cold water is not in the original cave in which it was boiled. Again, because it's, it it, um, it uh, uh, causes the cold water to be to to since the, the since the original pot is very hot, it'll cause the cold water that you're pouring into it to become very hot and it's considered cooking the water on Shabbos. Thank you, there, If you have a boiling pot, you took it off the fire. You should not put spices into it. Because salt only cooks if it's on the fire and it's a hot fire. If you pour the, the, the cooked dish from the pot into a plate, even though it's on the plate and it's boiling, uh, it's steaming, you may put spices into the dish, because when it's poured from its original, uh, pot that was cooked in into a second second dish no longer has the power of the potency to cook. Zion. And Shayas Khiltis, you now let us soak Khiltis, which is an herb that uh, soaked in uh, liquid and it creates some sort of medicinal uh, uh, potion. A medicinal mixture. 
Bain Persian Mitzayin, whether it's hot or cold water, Alva Shoyer is a Mitzayin, you quit soaking the vinegar though. If you drank this chiltis, you started your chiltis diet on Thursday and Friday. If you could soak, uh, soak in the Shabbos in cold water, and then leave it in the sun until it becomes warm, and then drink it. So you should not become sick if you stop drinking it. Once a person started their chiltis diet for two days, Thursday and Friday, if they stop it on Shabbos, they could become sick. Therefore, this is permitted. Something which is cooked before Shabbos. Or was soaked in hot water before Shabbos. Even though now it's cold, you have to soak it in hot water on Shabbos. So, for example, if you have luxury that was cooked before Shabbos, um, and now it's dry, you're allowed to soak it in uh, hot water on Shabbos. Something which is uh, originally cold. The Baba Chamba was never, it was never uh, uh, heated. You're allowed to rinse it in hot water on Shabbos. You can't cook it though, of course. Unless the cooking, excuse me, unless the rinsing, that itself was the finishing, it's malacha, so to speak, finishing its preparation. Such, such as, for example, instant, instant oatmeal, or in times of the Gemara, you had Spanish mackerel or sole, some kinds of fish that were uh, very thin and, 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 and well salted, so just a, a light rinse in hot water made it re- edible readily to eat. Uh, readily edible to eat, and therefore that was not allowed to be rinsed in hot water. You can't soak it in hot water. You could rinse it, though. Uh, other things. Tess. You're allowed to uh, heat things in the sun. Even though you're not, you're not allowed to heat things by something else that was heated by the sun. Uh, so if you have a piece of tinfoil that's been sitting outside in the hot sun all day, you're not allowed to crack an egg on it uh on Shabbos because you're gonna confuse that with the tin that was heated in actual fire, which is is uh, is the But it's just but to heat heat it directly in the sun, that's not a problem. or you're not gonna you're not gonna confuse cooking with the sun with cooking actual fire. Therefore, but you like to put cold water in the sun so it should become warm. And I imagine this means putting it on a surface like on a white cloth so that it's only getting heated from the sun, not from the ground. You're allowed to put pleasant water into stagnant water. Uh, you know, it's a bottle of uh, um, uh, of water that's uh, good drinkable water, uh, but it's but it's not cold. And you have uh, water like collecting in in uh, in a, uh, let's say a puddle or a pool of some kind. And that that's cold water. You want to drink that, so you put the water in the, the, the warm water in the bottle into the into the, into the water in the puddle that's that's cold, so it should cool down. You're allowed to put a dish of cooked uh, cooked food into a into like a like a barrel uh, or, into, or into like a hole in the ground. So not a barrel, a, uh, like a like a pit in the ground in order to preserve it, so it should not become so it should not it should stay cold, not spoil. And the finish of that is that you would think that putting it on the ground over there, you're going to come to smooth out the surface. We don't, we're, not, we're not worried about that. Yud. And a person is allowed to mix water, salt, and oil. The table by pita and dip his bread into it. And the put it into food. And even though we'll say later that pickling food is not allowed on Shabbos because it resembles cooking, because uh, you're preparing it, making it edible by this process. So it's rabbinic cooking, so to speak. And making this kind of mixture, it looks like you're making a pickling agent. If you're dipping your food into it right away and eating it, it's okay. Who provides for you? You only make a little bit of it. Also, it's not allowed. Looks like you're doing a work 
uh, a malacha a work which is associated with cooking, again, because pickling is quasi cooking. You shouldn't make strong salt water. Which is two thirds salt, one third water. Because it looks like a person is making fish brine, which is again a pickling agent. Uh, it's, um, it's usually preserved or preservative. You're allowed to salt an egg, and uh, even you're not going to eat right away. I would say it's better, but radish, 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 and things like that, which have become softer or less bitter by salting them, us or you're not allowed to salt them. Uh, it looks like you're pickling things on Shabbos. and pickling is forbidden. It's, it's, it's cooking. It's similar to cooking. You could have a dip in salt and eat it directly right out right away, but salting it um, for not for immediate use, not for immediate eating, even if you can eat it later that day, the chayr is not allowed. You know, allowed to mix honey. Uh, wine, honey, and peppers together on Shabbos and eat them. However, wine, water, and balsam were all forbidden. Usher, they're not allowed. It's not considered a food healthy people. The chinkets has anything else which is medicinal is not allowed to be eaten on Shabbos. Yud base. Mustard that was mixed on Friday. Uh, you might say mustard seeds over here. On Shabbos, you're allowed to uh, uh, blend it. With uh, by hand or with a kli, and they say to the vash and put it into into the honey. Now, you now stir it uh, forcefully. You have to just mix it so it's not uh, separate from the honey, but to mix it thoroughly into it becomes a very very thorough, uh, well mixed mixture. That's not allowed. Shachalayim, um, uh, oil. Excuse me. No. Um, is cress, which is apparently a kind of uh, leafy vegetable that was used as a spice or a dip when it was mixed with the, uh, the these type of substances. It was mixed before Shabbos. You made some sort of mixture out of it. The next day, you'll to put into it oil, um, vinegar, and spices. If you now let it mix it together strongly, you can just mix it together so it's not uh, distinct. You can't mix it thoroughly. Garlic that was crushed. On erev Shabbos, you have to put it uh, on Shabbos into groats. But you now have to grind the mixture. Uh, you have to just mix it uh, generally with, uh, together, but you can't actually uh, grind it together. Grind it together. Good gimel. Moving away from Bishul onto other melachos. Hanetol share me go for Adam. Someone who removes a hair from a person's body, chayav b'shem grace. It's chayav because melacha of shearing. Now to wash your hands with a, with a, uh, a, uh, a material, an agent, which will definitely remove hair. And the like, because it's a particular issue, it's for sure going to happen. Therefore, it's if you want to remove the hair, even though you don't, even though you don't care. You are, however, allowed to wash your hands with frankincense powder, pepper powder, or jasmine powder, and similar things. You're not worried about the fact that it might remove hair from your hands, even though it might happen. You don't care about that. It's not your intent. Therefore, if it's not your intent, it's not a psikresha, it's okay. What if you have a material or an agent which will for sure remove the hair if you wash your hands with it? Another one which will not for sure remove the hair. You mix it together. If the majority was the material which for sure removes the hair, but you now wash your hands with it. Clean your hands with it. If that's not the majority, though, mutter, 
then it's permitted. If, in other words, if it's just half and half, if it's 50% of each, then it's mutter. And it's for sure, if it's 50 percent of the one which is not going to for sure remove the hair, it's definitely mutter. Get down. Also, Shabbos, a person is not allowed to look at a metal mirror on Shabbos. We're worried that a person is going to remove or cut off, but using the mirror, look at the mirror, he's going to see he has some loose hairs, the barber didn't catch everything. So you can take the mirror, the metal mirror, and one of the edges might be sharp, and use that to cut off the hair, some hairs on Shabbos. If you look at the case, even if the mirror is attached to the wall, if it's not a, if it's not a mirror made of metal, it's, let's say it's made of glass, for example, but you are allowed to look at it on Shabbos, if it's not attached to the wall. Tezvav. If someone does laundry, he's chayev for the malacha of whitening or bleaching. Someone uh, squeezes out a garment, wrings out a garment, chayev is chayev for laundry. That's considered laundry. A person is not allowed to press a piece of cloth or unprocessed fabric or anything else the opening of a of a flask to uh, plug it plug it closed. Kill the sauce because maybe you have to squeeze the liquid out from it while you're squeezing it while you you know trying to tighten the whole, this hole plug the hole with this cloth. It's going to absorb some of the liquid, and again while you're tightening and put, and putting more and more to to make it a tight uh, tight close, it's going to squeeze some of the liquid out. You're now let it clean with a sponge. Unless has a handle, otherwise you're for sure going to squeeze water from it. You now have to cover a jug of water with a cloth. It's not designated for this purpose. Where are you going to squeeze the cloth from it? If it's designated for this purpose, you don't care if it gets wet. If it's a cloth you're just taking, uh, just for temporary to, to close it, this cloth usually usually used for something else, then you don't want it to do this, you might squeeze it out because you really don't want it to be wet. You just can't find the, find the cover of the uh, of the bottle. That's why I'm using it. Test time. A person has a cask let's say, of wine or any liquid that breaks on Shabbos. He's allowed to save on Shabbos, whatever he needs for himself or his guests. As long as he doesn't uh, try to absorb any of the wine with a sponge, or scoop the oil up with his hands. I'm not sure what the problem with that is. So apparently it has to do with the fact that there's a chashash. You might come to carry where you're saving the wine, and... Uh, all right, be, be as it may. So therefore, the, you know, if, do, if using your hands apparently is considered a normal fashion, you have to you have to use a shinik. If you do it in a normal way during the weekday, you're going to come to squeeze liquid from it. Of course, that's why you now have to absorb the wine with the sponge. Again, about scooping the oil with one's hands, that has to, I think, do with the, the, requir- the requirement to make a general shinik over here for whatever reason. All right, how does he say from it? Maybe should bring a container and put it under the liquid. But he should not bring another container. He should not bring one container to catch the liquid in the air. And then another one to collect the liquid on the ground. We're worried that if he does that, he's going to bring another keli to the Shashadabim. What if he suddenly has guests? Maybe he could bring another uh, container to catch liquid in the air. And then another one to catch the liquid under that one. Uh, shouldn't collect the liquid and then afterwards go find guests to, uh, to, to to benefit from it. That's not allowed. Yasmin let him invite guests. Then afterwards he'll have a guest. He says, "Oh, I have guests." That's an excuse now to save more liquid 
that he could do that. If he tricks, if he acts cunningly, tricking me in this matter, he dafk invites guests just to be able to save the wine. What he's allowed to do that? Design. If there is mud on a person's garment, he's allowed to rub it on the inside of the garment so the mud falls off on the outside. He can't actually rub it directly on the outside. The mud's on the outside, so he's going to rub the inside, that's going to make the mud fall off. Because if he does that, he might come to, to launder it if he, if he rubs on the outside. He's allowed to scrape it with his nail, Pastor, I'm talking about a case where the mud is wet. If it's dry, it's probably not allowed. The Indian Khajish and Yabani were not worried he's gonna whiten the garment. If someone wants to rub a scarf clean, also he's not allowed to. Because that's considered laundering it. Um but a cloak, is allowed to he wants to only soften it, his intention is not to clean it. We're not talking about a case where the the scarf is dirty. Um, the idea is, is that uh, rub a scarf clean. Obviously, that that's uh, um, that's a problem of laundering it. But rubbing a cloak, that's just uh, softening it. It's like it's like you know back in the day, fabric softener. So after being laundered, it becomes stiff. So so you rub it just to, to soften it before you put it on. That's okay. Yud ches. Minnal shoes, a sandal or sandals, shindeslachach, petit betoyah, became dirty with feces or mud. Mutu lechach shechoy v'mayim, allowed to rub them with water. Avalachabse, but to actually launder them, also this forbidden. Vein magardin, vein olim, vein sandalim, chadashim, now allowed to scrape new sandals or shoes. Avalachachin, reisam, and kanachas, ayashanim, you can actually apply oil to them. And clean old shoes. Kara kasa shoyan a pillow or a blanket that had mud or feces on it. Um you're allowed to clean it with uh, with a rag. it's made of leather, you're allowed to put water in it, water on it until the stain is removed. But you can't rub it though, because even if even if it's um leather which doesn't actually absorb water, that'll be a problem. Your tests. Someone's hands became dirty with with mud. You can wash it on the. You can like clean them, not not wash them, but wipe them or clean them on the tail of a horse, which is very rough, and therefore it's able to clean. With not a poro, tail of a cow, with a mapa kosher or 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 a tough cloth. The kind which is used to hold thorns, so it's like a tough, thick cloth. You can't use a cloth that's usually normal to clean. Normal, normally used to clean your hands. That's not allowed to use. That's not allowed to be used to clean muddy hands on Shabbos. So you ask because otherwise, you, if you're doing it the way you do, normally do in the weekday, you have the Shabbos map. You can come to launder the cloth. Chaf someone who washes himself in water, stopping to learn you say he's allowed to dry himself in a towel. Maybe the other day and carry it by hand. Again, obviously, there's an area where he's a place you can carry. We're not worried. He's going to ring. The, he's going to squeeze the water out from it. Someone whose clothes became soaked with water because it started raining on him, or he had to go to a body of water. He can walk with them. Not worried. He's going to come to, to squeeze them out. He's not allowed, however, hang them out to dry. Even in his house. Maybe someone's going to see. The Yabsha. So he's going to. Who saw is going to say, "Oh, he did laundry on Shabbos. Now he's drawing it out." That's my sign. People think he did a malacha. 
Now the Chayyim will ask, well, if it's in my house and no one sees, what's the problem? Any time the Chayyim made, made a prohibition because of what the wrong impression will create by people, what's called Maraz Ayin, they ask that even, even if no one's looking, if the thing which people would think you're doing, if they would see you, is it's dirty. So if the thing which you look like you're doing is only using the then there's room to say if no one's around and maybe room to, to permit it, but that's another conversation. So follow you have two mikvahs, one half of the other. You're allowed to remove the plug in the wall that's between that connects them, and then therefore they touch. Mashikon means a kiss; they, they they come together. And this way, this way, the whichever one's the kosher mikvah makes the other one kosher as well. Then you put the plug back to its place. We're not worried about you can come to squeeze out the water, even if the plug is made of it's like a cloth of some kind. It's not like a um, it's not, a, it's not a cork. Because he wants that the water should flow out. Therefore, not that uh, that he's gonna he's gonna uh, you know put it back very strongly and squeeze anything out from it. Because he wants the water to be connected. And you're allowed to plug a drain with clothes or or any anything which which can be carried. They should lay so that the water is not going to to, to, to pour on foods, or, or, or in Kalim, utensils, but you're not allowed to, to plug up a drain. The water was going to go into a, a pit. We're worried that um, that at the time you go, you, you're plugging it up, you're going to squeeze out, again, the plugs you weren't made of cork, they were like, you know, they were shmatas. And we're worried you're going to squeeze out when you're plugging it up. So you have cork, show you mayim, because the plug is resting in the water, um, and therefore, you, when you when you when you when you when you put it back in firmly, it's going to squeeze out some of the water. Press it back into place. Chav beis, try our best over here. It's forbidden to fix sleeves of garments, adjusting them to form layers of cuffs. As is a person's ordinary practice during the week after washing clothes. A person not allowed to fold clothes on Shabbos. And the way a person does during the week um, after doing laundry, because that's considered a, a practice which is a part of a laundry process. Because it's laundry with Darabon, if you will. Or, or if a person doesn't have a change of clothing to wear in honor of Shabbos, in that case, he's allowed, he's allowed to fold the garment, stretch it out, which which removes all the creases, and he's allowed to wear it, so he should wear something nice on Shabbos. In that case, he is allowed to uh, do this you know, quasi-laundry uh, process, which is the idea of folding it in a way that it's the... Uh, after you wash the clothing, you, you want to fold it nicely. In this case, you know, or fold it in a way that's not going to have creases. In this case, you're going to fold it and stretch it out, spread it out to remove the creases. That's allowed if he doesn't have Shabbos clothing. He has to do his weekly clothing to make them into Shabbos clothing. Who provides you? That it's um, the whole issue before we said before, you're not allowed to fold the clothing on Shabbos if it's new and white. Because they may become wrinkled and soiled right away. Four, because they easily become wrinkled and soiled and, and, and uh, dirty right away after laundering them, then um, if you fold them, you like keeping them clean. So it's a part of the laundry process. Anything else, if it's not new or it's not white, so then uh, you're folding it after, you're folding it, uh, is not really insignificant.
Therefore, it's allowed to be done on Shabbos. Kushikapa, um, when a person uh, does is, is, folds a, a garment, a situation where he says he's allowed to because it's not white or or he's doing it for a Shabbos clothing, one person, for two people to do together, that is usher because then you might fold out the creases by hand, which is a problem. Excuse me, dying, D Y E I N G. The is one of the a woman is not allowed to apply coloring or dye to her face on Shabbos. It's like a kind of a red uh, um, makeup of, of kind or blush, the original blush. Um, that's what Sirach is. So if uh, also the have because putting blush or any makeup on or coloring on the face is similar to dying. D Y E I N G. If someone sews, that's also You're not allowed to fill a new pillow or blanket with uh, stuffing, uh, unprocessed fabric. Because you're worried that you're going to sew it closed. However, but you have a blanket. And the stuffing falls out. You may put it back on Shabbos. Again, that's only if you tear for the purpose of re-sewing. Just to be destructive is not a malach. Therefore, someone whose garments can catch up the thorns, he should separate them carefully and patiently. They shouldn't tear. If they tear, any chayav is not chayav. So in the discovery, his intention is not to tear them. What a person is allowed to wear new clothing. If they tear because they're new, because they don't fit properly, so you tear when he bends, when he when he when he when he, when he, when he bends down or whatever. Nikru then tear and it's it's not a problem. You're allowed to open a crack over a nut with a cloth. We're not worried the cloth is going to tear. Hatakeya, person who firmly attaches pieces together and building materials. for building. And therefore, called losses, all kinds of doors which are attached to the ground, which means any door attached to a house which is attached to the ground, uh, as opposed to, let's say, the door of, uh, of, of the Bima and Shul of the door to the Kredish. Um, you're not allowed to move them nor put them back. We're worried you're going to actually, if you put them in, in their place, in other words, you can't take them out or put them back in their place, even loosely, because we're worried you're going to attach them firmly. However, the door of a cabinet or a closet or a, or a chest, and other door, doors to other utensils, you can take them off, you can't put them back. If they, if they, if they, if they slip out of place, um, then if uh, the bottom hinge slips out of place, you can put it back. You can, you can push it back into place. You can actually return it to its place. Bottom hinge slips out partially out of place. You can put it back into place. If it slips out completely, you're not allowed to. In the Vesamigdash, you could, even if it slips out of place completely. Now, all the things we, we we're saying in these prakim, which are Asimidrabanon, are allowed in the Vesamigdash. But those things which are relevant, the Ramah specifies that it's allowed. Like this is a common thing apparently that happens in the Vesamigdash and whatever boxes and chests and urns they have over there. So that's why he specifies it. If, however, the upper hinge slips out of place, you're not allowed to return it, even if it's a mikdash. Shemiska worried that 
you in doing so, it's going, you're going to actually attach it. The Rambam sounds like he's saying it's also mechomalkum even if it's a migdash. Actually, apparently it seems because it's so likely that it's going to lead to actual malacha that it's also even in the base of migdash. You're not allowed to braid hair. Nor are you allowed to uh, set it around the forehead. Because it looks like building, building, building the hair by 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 connecting it together. You're not allowed to put together pieces of a menorah, like you have a footstool, nor a chair, which uh, is made of pieces that can be put together, or a table which can be put together by pieces, kind of like, you know, uh, adult Lego, sort of. Because again, it looks like a building. If he does return it, Potter, he's Potter. Because there's no Binyan Bikalem. You can't demolish Kalem either. There's no building or demolishing when it comes to Kalem. Again, it's all biblically. That's why he says Potter, but it's still also. If it was loose, so it was still attached, if it was loose, you're allowed to put it back and you know, affirm it, uh, its, connect, its attachment. So put it back into place. Press together more strongly. You're not allowed to adjust the vertebrae, uh, the child's spine, so that they should be properly one on top of the other patient. That is similar to building. So you, you cannot go to a chiropractor on Shabbos because it's like he's building your spine, apparently. makes a permanent tent. For, for, for building. Even temporary tent, or demolish temporary tent, because if you do so, you may come to build or demolish a permanent tent. If you do build or demolish a permanent tent, you're allowed to add to a temporary tent on Shabbos, even if you can't make one. Case of example, you had a talus that was spread out, the garment that was spread out over beams or on the wall. And it was rolled up before Shabbos. If there's, there's a, a tefach worth of space that is extended, not besides the talus itself, which is rolled up, but actually uh, it's unrolled, the tefach. So, uh, excuse me. Yeah. So, so if there was one tefach of it unraveled, spread out, rather, you could, you could spread out the entire thing on Shabbos, to make a big tent. Everything applies. Similar situation applies, applies to this because uh, you're just adding to oil, oil that's just that's temporary. So an overhang or an awning that roll, that can be rolled up and unrolled, if it's unraveled one tefach before Shabbos, you can roll up the whole thing or unroll the whole thing on Shabbos if it starts raining. And then, you know, and, and, then, and then if it stops raining, roll it back up. But again, leave a tefach unraveled. But the thickness of the roll itself, that does not contribute to the tefach. And tenos akila, you cannot hang a canopy uh, on a bed. Because that makes a temporary tent under it. Be allowed to set up a bed or chair or a table. Even though under, under, it, under it is formed a tent. That's not the way you make a tent. It's not considered a tent. Uh, normal, normal tent. Neither a permanent nor a Temporary tent is normally made in this fashion. Chav tes. Call oil mishupa any slanted tent. Shengaga tefach doesn't have, there's no, there's not the thickness of a uh, space of a tefach on its roof. The pach is mishalosh samach lagaga tefach, nor is there within the top three tefachim from its top, let's say it's a perfect A frame. So the point on top, you measure down either side up to nine inches, um, or actually measure, measure from the, in the center 
nine inches down and either side, which extends corresponds to the outside of that, which may be a little bit less on the outside because it's slanted. So it's uh, somewhat less than nine inches in any event, or actually it's more uh, rather in any event. Um, so there's not, not a tefach of, of a flat space on the roof or within three talking of the, on the top of the roof or within three talking on the top of the roof. That's considered to be a temporary roof. And it may be uh, at the outset made on Shabbos. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. If a person makes it on Shabbos for the first time, even though it's Asr. Uh, the Ramadan sounds like you're saying that if it, if it was made before, then it could be that it is Mutter. But that okay, that needs to be discussed. Talish kafula, a folded garment. Shahiyalad uh, chutin. It actually means talish kafula that the, it was it was uh, it was folded and hanging over. Let's say uh, let's say there's a pole, and it was hanging half on each side, so it's so it's uh, doubled over. The way you normally hang things, fifty percent on, on on each side of the clothesline or the or the pole over here, uh, the wire. So and it had like ropes or cords, uh, from which its ends are suspended. When it was hung up that way before Shabbos, spread it out, roll it up on Shabbos. Same thing applies to a curtain. Lamed a a um, bridal canopy. Uh, so you have like a bed, and there's like a bridal canopy hanging over the bed. It's not a tefach wide. Nor is there the width of three tefachim below its roof of tefach. Therefore, it meets the criteria of a temporary tent that we mentioned in the previous halacha. Um, so, since it was prepared to serve this purpose, even before Shabbos started, you're allowed to spread it out and roll it up on Shabbos. We provided That's uh, provided that it's not doesn't hang more than a tefach above the bed. Uh, a curtain which closes the window. If it's uh, prepared to be used for that purpose, even though it's not attached to the window, tied to the window, but totally it's not hanging, so it's not attached to the window or hanging from the window, you're allowed to uh, use it to close the window. Rather than be considered making an oil, it's considered just to be closing the door, closing the window, rather. A hat for the head, that's made for the head, and it has a brim that goes around it. That provides shade, like a tent-like way on the person wearing it. With love, she's allowed to wear it on Shabbos. If, however, it extends, uh, sorry, if person extends the clothes he's wearing over his head or in front of his face like a tent, so it's not not the, not like the, the design of the, of the hat. It's taking his clothing and he's spreading it. He's taking his jacket and he's spreading it above his above his uh, above his head to like like like, like, like a big shmata like over his head to protect him from the sun. So, um, 
and the clothes are tightly fitted around his head. And the brim that a person extends is very firm like a roof. So then also to Asa, he's making a temporary tent. So it's Asa. Okay, let's move on. Lama Beis. Hanaita Parechas Kesiba, a person who hangs a curtain or something similar like that. Tarachlezar has to be careful. Shliyasa El Beshash Hanaita, he shouldn't create a tent while he's doing it. Tichin therefore, Mahaya Parechas Gedele, if it was a large curtain, Tenaisa Shnayim, she hung by two two people. The Avel Echad Asa, but if one person do it, it's Asa. Mahaya Kila Sheish Lagag, if it was a canopy with a roof, a Meischin Asa Fila Asara, it may not be extended even if. Ten people are doing it. It's not possible that a little bit, little bit won't be lifted above the ground. The, at least tefach. That's going to create a temporary tent, which is not allowed. Let me give it. A garment, which with which a person covers a jug, covered entirely. If the inside of the jug is tefach by tefach, that creates a oil. However, can cover part of the opening. Someone who filters using the Egyptian basket, which you said is a, a, a crude filter, which you allow to use on Shabbos. Should not lift the bottom of the basket, the tefach, above the keli, which you are filtering it into, the bowl, let's say, you're using to, to, to filter. Should condition the Yasek, the Oil, the Shabbos, that he won't be creating a temporary tent on Shabbos.